Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends of the podcast, it's episode 10. We have got a special guest. We're going to learn about the man. We're going to learn about the beard. We're going to learn about the personality. Tobias Waltham, head of corporate partnerships as Articad, he's in the studio. Welcome to episode 10 of the Foyne Jones Show. This season, we are inspiring our stars of the future, and to do that, we have to thank our sponsor, MHK Holding UK. Marcel, without you, this series doesn't happen, and we're going to give a lot back to the industry. And today, sitting opposite Charlie and I in the studio, we've got a man who's given 20 years to the KBB industry. We've got the beard. We've got the personality. We've got the man himself, Toby Wolfham. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. How good are morning. you, mate? Really, really good. Thank you for having this, me. This is, another, this is another one of those episodes that's been a long time coming. And what I like about you, Toby, you've got into the feel, you've got into the Brighton vibe. You didn't just turn up on time this morning. You came down last night. You stayed in one of the best hotels in Brighton with Absolutely. your good lady. Yeah, you've yeah, enjoyed yeah. some cocktails. Yep. Um, the listeners will know this, but I've, I'm recently back from my... my my Gullivers, as we call them in West London, my travels. Um, but yeah, it was my wedding anniversary. We are 22 years married, 28 years together. And Congratulations. I've been, in the, I've been in the beautiful city of Budapest in Hungary. And I got to hang out with a heavenly father. You did. You yeah, did. The, the heavenly papa. You yeah. know, we, we didn't meet the Pope just once. We got to meet the Pope twice or see the Pope twice, which for some people doesn't happen to them at all in a lifetime. It was um, a beautiful city. Many happy memories from the, from, from the expensive restaurants to the karaoke bars to the beautiful, beautiful buildings and the point in history of the Jewish Quarter compared to the, the grandeur of the place as well. Um, when the lights come on at night, it's a very, very special place. But I'm back. I was back at Gatwick Airport yesterday and all I could think about, Toby, on the way back was we're doing this podcast. We're going to make this one special. I'm excited. We, we're great to get, get you onto the show. And... I'm just going to imagine that not not everyone knows about the beard. Not everyone knows about the personality. <laughs> not everyone knows about the day job. So we'll bring that to life in the first half of the show. We'll get you to talk about what you're doing now, who you're doing it for, and draw on some of those highs and experiences over the last 20 years. Yeah, We will, um, <clears throat> after the break, we will talk a tiny little bit of football um, since Fulham's self, self, well, since Fulham spontaneously combusted at Old Trafford, I've tried to keep football. So. I've kept yeah. football out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried to keep it out of the show, but again, the guests don't let me. So we will speak some football, but most importantly, we're going to be giving inspiration to the next generation. Yeah. Because in twenty years' time, we want the industry to be stronger than what it is now. We want more talent coming in. So we'll talk about giving some advice to the stars of the future. But here and now, Toby, tell the listeners, talk to that camera, tell them who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Lovely. Well, uh, yeah, well, exactly that. Well, thank you very much for that, Peter. That introduction is beautiful. What bad was it? It was all right. It was yeah. all right. You should do yeah. this. You should do I, this I should, I should do a Absolutely. podcast regularly. Absolutely. Maybe get a, get a job in recruitment, something like that. You know, possibly. Possibly. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's uh, Tobias Waltham. Uh, I did, I've always been known as Toby or Bear. Six foot the, bear, two. the bear thing's rocking, mate. I see you in your, I I see you in your marathon gear from a yeah, few years ago with the yeah, bear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Loved all that. So, yeah, six foot two, 
bit fat and hairy. So there was a natural progression, really. Uh, so, yeah, worked, uh, been in this industry for 20 years now. So been in this industry almost as long as you've been married. I don't know if that makes... Long, yeah, us, I mean, us, I mean, uh, I mean, it just shows uh, you how, how, how much my wife's put up with, really, exactly, doesn't it? Do you know what exactly, I mean? Like, yeah. she, she was reminding me of that. As we're, as we're like, and, she, and she's like, yeah, I want this. I'm like, OK. She's going, like, you know, I, I got no, I could be out. I could have, could have been out for murder. Like, yeah, I could, I'll, I'll be well out on parole. Like, absolutely. You know, I've got, I got, I got yeah. the whole lot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it is um, It is something. But in those 20 years, mate, you must have seen some changes. Yeah. Dramatic changes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I started I started way back when in publishing. So, you know, selling ad space on, you know, classified pages in, in interior design magazines. Mm. And, you know, grew up and, you know, through, through that, you know, direction. It was absolutely brilliant. But, you know, God, yeah, we've had two recessions since then. So, you know, the amount of money in the industry's dropped for advertising mm. and things like that. Went into events and that's when I really started to get my schmooze on because I love a schmooze. And that's really when I, I kind of worked out what I wanted to do in this the industry. rumour on the street, Toby, what's yeah. bias? Or bear. <laughs> or bear. Rumour on the street, bear, is that um, head of schmoozing is one of your key skills. I love schmooze. I yeah. love a schmooze. Who doesn't love a schmooze? You can yeah. go to these... Well, that's what I love about this industry. You go to these awards, there's four or five a year, you go along, drink a glass of champagne and just schmooze and go and meet new people and speak to new people. And we were talking about this earlier on, weren't we, about how great this industry is. You go along and spend time with these just absolutely brilliant people. Yeah. Yourself included, yeah. You know, nice, nice, nice of you to include. Well, me in that, yeah. Well, I, 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 I always, I always feel, feel, feel what we do. We sit, we sit very much on the edge, mm. you know, and we sit very much on the edge. And we are blessed at, at Foyne Jones that we work with some of the most inspirational people, mm. influential people. We work with some of the most breathtaking brands and innovative products, but. We really like to keep it real and, and getting mm. to know people, getting to know their strengths, their weaknesses, their passions, their interests. That's what I think makes what we do yeah. and this podcast so special because, yeah, you know, there are awards. There are people that win. There are people that lose. There are people that think they should win, people that are surprised they win. But, but when you look at what the industry gives and the message it can send out, there is so much opportunity. Yeah, and absolutely. And if you look at, look at your role, or where it where it came from to where it is now, those opportunities are still there. They're still growing. Mm. Um, twenty years in, mate. So the twenty twenty years in. Let's talk some highlights. Where, what were the highlights at the early days? What did you look back on and think, yeah? Do you that know was what? Special. Actually, that was my most special moment for a long, long time. Is I used to work on uh, an awards called Designer Awards. Mm. Uh, they're now called Designerati, and uh, it was. We had uh, we had our celebrity host, um, who's the lady who does Countdown now. I've completely forgotten her name. Rachel Riley. Rachel Riley was our host. Oh, Lovely. Amazing. Um, but we, we, we got there, and there was about five 600-odd people there, and I'm, I've, I've got my schmooze on. Someone comes over to me, and I actually it was entirely my fault. Could you, could you, how'd you get your schmooze on? Is it like, is it, do you have to chat with yourself? Like, you do, you do, do like, you yeah. do. Because I'm, I'm really, really shit at small talk. So, yeah. um, so I, I yeah, have a little chat, you know, and just you know, sort of start myself up, and and then. And going Viking breathing yeah, exercises, they become all the rage at the moment. Ice that, bath, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. So, yeah, but um, I, I turn around to uh, my colleague, a brilliant, brilliant editor, a guy called Martin Allen Smith, who still works for Designer Arty, actually. Uh, and I turn around to Martin and I said, Do you know what? This has gone without a hitch. You know, celeb- the, the, the celebrity person's here, right? Everyone's, everyone's here on time. Amazing. 
Then someone comes over to me. This is no joke. Someone comes over to me and goes, uh, someone just had a heart attack. And I turned and said, I went, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, funny. He said, no, someone's, someone's literally had a heart attack. <clears throat> and um, they've, they've collapsed and, and the, one of the tables has flipped. It was just, I was just like, you're absolutely joking. And they did. So we had to, to clear the room and one of my colleagues was, was you know, doing CPR and, and, and brought them back and an ambulance turned up. And thankfully, they, they lived and, yeah, he's still doing very, very well now. But that was, and I know that sounds absolutely an awful thing to say was a highlight, but at that point, we all came together as a team and mm. we absolutely, we managed absolutely everyone. There was there was yeah, people managing the, the venue because they were running, people managing the emergency services, people managing the clients, managing, we talked about managing expectations. Yeah, even, even Rachel Riley mucked in. Even she was out the front with, you know, giving out cups of tea and looking after the guests and things like that. And I've, it was the best coming together of a group of people that I've ever seen. Mm. And then we sorted everything out. He went off in the ambulance. We got the because we were going to cancel it. Then we got the phone call saying, "No, he's awake. He's going to be all right." And we were like, "Brilliant!" And we said, "Right, we should, let's put this awards on then. Let's let, let's do it." You know, he he loves a party. He loves a schmooze. We need to put this awards on. And it was hands down, still today, one of the best awards I've ever been involved in. It, we absolutely smashed it, and there was this coming together. So that was probably for a long, long time. Yeah, the big, the big highlight, really. The thing that sticks out to me about this industry, and that's actually, to me, synonymous of what I love about this industry, yeah. is that coming together of people. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. And, and, but but you, you, you see an example of the best in humanity there, where people mm. are coming together, people are being compassionate, people are delivering like life-saving first aid. Yeah, absolutely. All right? and, and you talk about, oh, no, first aid training or whatever, and, you know, it's deep breath. But, but, you know, when, but, but when the game's on, you've got to do it. That's completely yeah, different yeah. to the rubber doll, man. That's yeah, completely absolutely. different to the... To, to whatever it is but if you've experienced that there'll be there will be a bond with with everyone that went through that that supersedes a lot of stuff absolutely it, it absolutely. really does it will transcend hmm. so much it will transcend so much absolutely it does absolutely it does yeah. it's pretty just a pretty pretty dramatic intro it, yeah do you know it was it was big wasn't it i, I, I thought i'd go straight in yeah mate, drop it in drop it drop it i love this industry i yeah. absolutely love this industry and that, to me, someday I love this industry so much. And, you know, yeah, kids, learn first aid. There, there we go, go, mate. There, there we go. go. So, Inspiration, so let's, 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 go, let's go back to, you're talking about those awards. One of my memories of those awards uh, was the lockdown ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember you announcing the the winner of an award in from your hot tub. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, do, just do it slightly <laughs> differently to everyone else. Even some people out in their tuxes, some are a bit more smart, casual. Yeah. You know, you got hot tub cocktail. Yeah. Boom. Absolutely. Well, you got you got to do something different, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I just uh, I. I did you get your schmooze on that day before you got in the hot tub? You know, you I, already... Well, I, had a few, I got a few yeah. cocktails in me Summer before enough, Friday. Wasn't it? That, yeah, that absolutely, play, it was. It was amazing. I'd lost a bit of weight over lockdown, so I could get away with it. I wouldn't do it now. But, uh, no, <laughs> do you know, you've got, you've got to do something different, haven't yeah. you? Absolutely. I, I love that. I do... I, I'm lucky that to work for a company that does sponsor a lot of awards. Yeah. So I do go up and stage a lot. And I just think you've got to go up and do something different. You know, nothing, nothing drives me around the bend. Because you, you're at awards and, and really, you know, if you've bought a table, you're only listening for the award that you're mm. up for, aren't you? you you're nattering. And uh, I just think if you're going to go up on stage or if you're going to present something, make people 
stand up and shut mm. up and, and, and listen. And what better way of doing that than seeing me in my speedos wearing nothing is. but a tie? You, you, you have that one, one like, the magic happens a certain time, it's moment of truth. You've got to capture the room. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. You've got to capture them. If you do it right, everyone's engaging and, and everyone's inspired about what you're going to say. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and inspiring people and talking about talking about the industry itself, if you draw on your 20 years of experience, mm. and there's no right or wrong answer to this, it's just, just generally, it's great to get people's views. You're talking to showrooms, mm. you're talking to, to manufacturers, you're talking to, to, to the entire industry as a partner. Yeah. Let's just think about the challenges the industry faces at the moment, mm. all right? And let's, let's draw on that. But before we do, let's go back a couple of steps yeah. and just get you to explain your current role, yeah. what you're doing, who you're doing it for, yeah. because then when we bring that to life and we start talking about what you're seeing on a regular basis and the mm. challenges you're facing, we've got something really special to, to talk about. Yeah, mate. So, absolutely. So, so bring the current role to life for me, mate. So uh, my current role is I'm Director of Corporate Partnerships for a company called Articad. I say a company called Articad. They're incredibly well-known in the industry, uh, market-leading software tech company. So my role at the company is um, head schmoozer. No, it's um, it's uh, basically my job is to look Charlie, after... when you do the subtitles, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. When, you do, when you do the video <laughs> clip, yeah, could, could, you, could you put it as head schmoozer? Head schmoozer, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Dub it over. Um, no, it's so essentially I, I manage a team and what me and the team do is yeah. we look after what we call our supplier partners. So if you're a door manufacturer, an appliance company or a worktop, fabricate whatever uh, and you want your products to be available to retailers to sell you put them on articad and i manage those relationships mm. so it's all about for me anyway and for articad is about supporting those retailers it's, it's about working with you know, doorman in fact all of those guys in the kbb industry and beyond um to support the retail industry uh, and to support those showrooms. Uh, and I manage all of those relationships with my team. I've got a brilliant team behind me as well. well shout out to the team. Yeah, shout yes, out to the team. The team. Uh, Heather's, I, I work with a, a girl called Heather Parrish. She's my number two. Christ, yeah, to, to, I think we might talk about you know, good people in the industry. She's a hell of a salesperson. She, she's a phenomenal salesperson to work with. Yeah, I work with a brilliant our head of, uh, direct, our director of sales, Neil Metcalf. Mm. Amazing talent. So, yeah, we've got a really, really good team at Articad, actually. Great team. Really, uh, really enthusiastic. It's all about collaboration at Articad. Well, and I'm pretty sure Heather and Neil are both going to be new listeners to the podcast if they're not listening already, Toby. Exactly. If they're exactly. not listening already. Exactly. That. So, so, exactly. so that role, I guess, if you know, so, so you're going to be able to feel the pressures of retailers. Yeah, you're going absolutely. to be able to feel the pressures of business owners, mm. you know, because cause the KB industry was on a high. It was, yeah. you know, there, there was a surge of interest. There was activity. There was a, there was just the backlog of orders. Yeah. We're now in a different world now. You know, we're, we, we've, we're, we're way beyond lockdown. We're way beyond COVID. But there are challenges out there. Yeah. Let's explore the challenges being faced by retailers and let's mm. explore the challenges being raised, right, faced by some of those manufacturers you're talking yeah, about. Because they all want their products into showrooms and in people's homes. Yeah. What, where do you see those different pressures at the moment? <laughs> I think, well, from a retailer point of view, I mean, look, looking outwards in, yeah, there's there's two big things, isn't there? There is, you know, rising costs, and there is there's getting fitters in. There is there's that next generation of 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 people coming in. Yeah, you know, rising costs are, are tricky for them. 
But that's when the manufacturers need to come in. That's when they need to start supporting the retailers. I am passionate about manufacturers supporting retailers. I've said this, and I've said it so many times, and people are absolutely bored of me saying it. If we don't support retailers, if we don't go out and support these guys uh, out there in their showrooms, we're all out of a job tomorrow. If they all go, we're out of a job. So so let's just... Draw on that word yeah. support. Yeah. What what should they be doing if they're not doing it already? They need to. <laughs> do you know what? They need to be. Excuse me. That's They need they need to be visible. They need to be visible. They need to. You know. I'm, do you know what drives around the bend is? I try and be visible at all times to, yeah. to, to, to my to my customers. If they, they email me or phone call me or, or, or whatever, carry a pigeon, smoke signal. I'll always try and get back to them as soon as I can. It might not be straight away. But I'll go always go back to them. The amount of times I see on LinkedIn when you've got retailers going, I haven't seen a rep from this company in in, in months, but they're, they're increasing prices. I haven't seen this rep in six months, but they demanded payment for me from for you know for for my showroom. It's infuriating. Be visible to these guys and look. Well, you know, costs are going up, but sit in front of them and justify. You know, we've talked about justifying mm. cost. Uh, cost it's interesting that because because I've had conversation with manufacturer reps, key account mm. managers that that want to visit showrooms and they mm. get they get kind of like turned away or we're too busy and yeah. you know because there's, there's there's it's again it, it mm. could be down to your approach it could be down to how you develop that relationship it could be down to how you arrive in the showroom yeah. and how you're handling yourself so so there's no right or wrong here no absolutely but, not but absolutely i think not. that's i think i think the industry from where i look at it mm. It needs everyone to play its part. Yeah. You know, it, it needs it needs the, the, the brands that are really ripping it up at the moment. And, mm. and we know who they are because you yeah. see them all the time and they've got talent there and they're really going at it. The, the, the way it used to work in terms of relationship management and business development and, you know, it's different now. Mm. So I think the more creative will will benefit. Yeah. Um, but should manufacturers throw money? Should they? Should they do? I don't think. I don't think that's sustainable. So, no, so there needs no. to be a balance. There, don't there? there absolutely does. But I just think. I visibility do think and presence is very important. visibility and presence is, is is the big thing for me. And yeah. I don't necessarily mean just throw money at these retailers. I absolutely don't, because I think that would be patronising to mm. retailers. There, there is a, enough talented retailers and showrooms out there. They don't they don't mm. need financial support from manufacturers. But what they do need is is relationship. Yeah. And and I think that's why I love my role so much because it is relationship. It's all relationship driven, and it's an, it's about giving up. The one COVID was was. I was about to say phenomenal. It's a horrific thing to say, but from an industry point of view, it was great for our industry. But I do think it has made people reticent to get back in their cars and go and see these people. Mm. You know, that period of just doing everything via Zoom is it's not over, but it's, it's it's got to be the second, you know, the second or third option. It's 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 got to be. You know, ring these people up, talk to them. Look, I'd love to come down and see. You. I'd love to tell you after oh, lunch. I read a really you know? interesting piece because um, I am quite sad on the plane, and it was <laughs> it was it was recruitment industry related. And, yeah, uh, there was some real gurus or influencers, masterminds, whatever you say in the days. Mm. But but they were saying that. <sighs> There are still businesses out there that have forgotten the benefit of a face-to-face Absolutely, meeting. They've 100%. forgotten the benefits of pressing, of pressing flesh. Mm. I'm old school, so so for me, if I have the chance, I always want to meet someone yeah, in the same room, in mm. the same environment. Um, but then you have got defaults. You have a, you have got other options, and, yeah. and embracing modern technology. I, I wouldn't be me if I wasn't embracing it. We do no, it. Absolutely. We do it in everything we do. No, I absolutely. I, I I completely agree with with embracing modern technology. But I think if you're an appliance rep and one of 
of your ovens costs £35,000, £40,000, mm. and you're asking a retailer to sell a £35,000, £40,000 appliance to a, a customer. And let's be honest, you know, the, the end consumer isn't going to buy a kitchen from Zoom. There's a certain level of, of kitchen, bedroom and bathroom where they're going to go and want to go in and touch it and feel it and, and open doors and, and, you know, and smell the wood and, and, and things like that. So why would we expect a retailer to do that face-to-face but as sales reps on the road say, mm. I want you to sell my stuff, but I'm going to give you half an hour on a Zoom call. So do you think, do you think it's a headcount issue? Do you think there's not enough of them? Or, or, or are they being managed differently where, I, 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 where their priorities are different so they can't do as many calls per week, per month, you know what, I th- per quarter? Maybe, maybe it's a pressure thing. Maybe mm. it is a pressure thing. You know, yes, yeah, look, there's a lot of money in this industry, but it's not where it was two years ago. Yeah, every, everyone knows that. But it's still very, very fast. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it ha- it's a it time It has taken some hits, thing. mate. It oh, has. You know, like has. The, the, the R word's back. Redundancy's back. Yeah, you can absolutely. see there's closures absolutely. out there. There's a pressure which we haven't seen for a while. Hmm. Um, but but I, I think going back, and it's taken me back to my, my young sales director days, and you're talking about, and sales management days, when you talk about visibility and presence. Yeah. Um, the customers you're dealing with don't really need you when everything's going right. No, you know, if, if everything's going right, they don't really need you. No, absolutely. You know, you might be able to pitch for another big project because they've got another one coming up, but the moment they need you is when it goes pear-shaped. Yeah, yeah. And when something's going horribly wrong, how you respond as an ambassador of the business you're employed by mm. makes all the difference because I don't need you when everything's coming on. If you're delivering on time and there's no problems, I've got that, it's all great. Yeah. But when something's going wrong and I've got customer pressure and it's critical, it's business critical to my business, that's when I need my relationship manager, my partner, my yeah. supplier rep, my you know, whatever the job title is. Yeah. That's when I need to talk to someone. Absolutely. Look, my, my, my granddad, bless him, uh, Decades ago, he used to work for Lloyd's TSB. Uh, in fact, actually opened the first ever Lloyd's TSB banks down in, in the southeast. And he always said to me when he retired, and he's, he's not with us anymore, but he always said to me, his, his, his saying was that banks have become institutions that give you an umbrella when it's sunny but take it away when it's raining. And it's true. We can't have our industry become that either. Mm. So you're absolutely right. In Fury, I'm not going to name brand names because I'll get in trouble, but we had our KBB show last year. And from, a, from an actual people going to the show, actual visitors was, for, for Articad, was the best show we've ever had. It mm. was phenomenal. The footfall was amazing. But there were a lot of big brands backed out. Now, I went to visit all of the brands and said, why aren't you going? And they all said it's because we're concerned about COVID, it's a lot of money, and I I get that. But I sat with one manufacturer, whom shall remain anonymous, and they turned around and said, in truth, it's because we're so far behind delivering stock that the last thing we want is a stand filled with pissed-off retailers and interior designers Mm. asking for their stuff. And I then challenged that and said, but... That is the time you're meant to be there. Front up to these people. Show mm. them that you're supporting them. Look, if you've got to take kicks... In, in my job, you know, we don't get everything right all the time. No one does. No, no one's perfect. But when I get an angry supplier partner ring me up or email me, I don't ignore yeah. their calls. You, no, and that's, you, you, and that's, you, that's, you, that's you, the visibility and presence. That's visibility and presence. Charlie and I were at the show. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we were up at the show. We did some work up there. I met a lot of people. And I have to say, I, I, I have, I, and I said this in Series 5 afterwards, I have mixed feelings. I thought that some stands were spectacularly well. You know, they really yeah. were up for it. And others, you felt, 
I felt sorry for the people on the show. Like, so I thought they don't want to be. You just, you know. It yeah. Was, so, 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 yeah. Maybe it needs to be mixed up. Maybe it needs a different dynamic to it. Maybe yeah. it needs. I don't know. I'm going to say different location because it's the middle of the country. But maybe it just needs something different to mm. bring it to life in a different way. What what was missing? I, I don't know. Some not every stand was interactive. Not no. not every stand had had energy around yeah. it. Well, funny enough, Pete. I mean, this was one of the things I was going to say that's changed so dramatically about our industry. I know. I think in the last three years, I'm a movie nerd. I, I love my movies, and especially zombie. Charlie's films. nodding. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like at that point, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I, I love zombie films. I won't bore you with the details why I love zombie films because it's, <laughs> but it's I love them. And I likened our industry to, up until COVID, we were sort of George Romero, slow, shuffling zombies. Getting this industry to change anything was just like, oh, you know, it was just slow and lumbersome. And then overnight, this industry turned into Zack Snyder, sprinting, snarling, and it had to keep up. Yeah. And that, I think, at the moment is, is the biggest challenge for this industry, is keeping up. And all of a sudden, you're absolutely spot on. Some of those stands at KBB, and I, and I hope, I'm looking forward to next year's because I hope a lot of them, mm. you know, have, have paid attention. Some of those stands at KBB were, were interactive. You know, they had, you know, things that, that would engage the retailer and, and impress them. Even if they couldn't get their stuff to them, they were impressed and they were excited about the future. And there are other stands you look on and just think, oh, Christ, really? What is this? And it's, it's those companies you just want to yeah. speed up. You're just like, come on. You know, the, the average age of people buying kitchens, bedrooms, and bathrooms, offices, it's lowering. And is. if they don't catch up, if they keep doing things the same way they've been doing them for years and de decades and decades and decades. And I mean this with no disrespect to those companies because some of them are absolutely phenomenal companies and very, very successful. But they need to embrace technology there, there, there is a world out there and you know jo josh delane from the woodworks was was another great guest who was mm. talking about you know the tiktok native and the but and different generations in what they're expecting yeah. and, and right now people want a brand to have a social presence but they want it to have some authenticity and equally you know i'm, I'm talking to people that just want things to happen the right way yeah so then you then you look at Everything we spoke about there and the challenges, we want to not just get through the next 20 years. We want this industry to be even better yeah. in 20 years' time. So from a from an Articab perspective and a mm. corporate partnerships perspective, just to wrap up the first half of the podcast, yes, mate, where do you see the future going for the brand, your brand, the brand, your yeah, your corporate partnerships, your yeah. brand? What, what's what's the, what's the challenges ahead? What are the opportunities ahead? I think the challenges ahead for any sort of tech company in this industry is is pushing pushing that change. I, I envision a time where actually we're not even called Articad anymore because we are so focused on embracing new technologies and new software, pushing them into manufacturers, and we're already doing that with some manufacturers and 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 finding new ways for retailers to sell their stuff quicker. And, and easier. You know, the big thing with Articad and our software is our rendering engine mm. is, is superb. You know, you can build something in Articad, it takes five minutes, and the stuff you kick out at the end of it, it looks lifelike. Because it has to be these days, you know, because, you know, because of shows like Grand Designs, everyone's Sarah Beanie now. So they want to see, they want exactly what they envision in their head, and you can do that in Articad. But it's, it's going to be about software moving forward. It, it really, really is. And, and giving the retailers the tools to be helped by manufacturers to sell their stuff quickly and so they're making decent profit as well.
Fair play. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's got to be about, man. The man, the beard, the personality. You're now on the podcast. I know. What a great first half of the Unbelievable. show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready? The digital revolution is no longer a spectator sport. It's game on. The magical art of storytelling is the future. Social, content, branding, podcasts, video marketing, and virtual 360 tours. This is Jones Digital. Right. <laughs> okay, now, now now Charlie's hand is out of the shot. Yeah. Well, welcome back to episode ten. Toby, you having fun, mate? Having a great time. How, how much how? money? Did you, how much money did you miss his spend? She's been in the shop for a couple of hours. Uh, uh, now. Do you know what, Joe? I've broken into a small sweat, and yeah. I can yeah. like the shivers going up uh, and down when, my when spine. When he sent his so down, down, I said, "Do you come join the podcast if she wants? Like, it's, it's quite a good experience in the yeah, show." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Yeah, not going to happen, mate. She's uh, <laughs> she, she's 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 with, she's with with her with her pal with, with her friend down the lanes." Oh, there yeah, you go, yeah, mate. Yeah. There you go. Strange things happen down the lanes. Strange things happen down the lanes. But magical bright part of Brighton. But one of the things we love to do at the Foyne Jones Show, Toby, is we like to get to know people away from work, their hobbies, their passions, their interests. So we'll go straight through the front door. Let's talk football. Yeah. All right, let's talk football. Why do you follow Man United coming from Essex? Well, well, actually, I was, I was born in Kent. Actually, okay, so, why, so why, even, oh, yeah, even even yeah. lower, even lower down there. No, do you know, what? Uh, most of my dad's family are from up north, so they're from like Harlem, Manchester, and things like that. And and like a lot of that older generation, when the Munich air disaster happened, they started following Man United. Yeah, and my dad was one of them. And so he just raised me one, really, to be honest. But I am one of those rare Manchester United fans from down south that's actually been to Old Trafford more than once yeah. and, and actually has been to see a match. So, uh, yeah, I, do you know what? I remember turning around to my old man when I was, I was watching the FA Cup final with uh, United against Palace. Uh, drew to all. And I was so watching what year was that, 99? Nine, no, eighty nine, eighty nine, eighty nine, I think, and um, eighty nine, ninety, yeah, because eighty seven was um, eighty seven was Tottenham Coventry, eighty eight was Dave Besson's so Karma Stato, and I, that was uh, when Wimbledon beat Liverpool. So, so yeah, probably was yeah, that, something like that. And I remember turning around to my old man and saying, "Look, I'm, I live in Colchester. Should I not support Colchester United or?" You know, even worse, Ipswich Town. It was 1990, because 89 was Hillsborough. The, the, yeah, the Hillsborough it was. Yeah, you're so, absolutely yeah. right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, my man didn't talk to me for about half an hour. So, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, so without giving away your age, you would have been, what, 13, I was, No, 10. I 10? Was, I was, so I was born 79, so I was... Uh, uh, yeah, I was 11 that year. So from a really young age, I just, I just always supported them and I love them. I, I remember, I remember that final because it went to replay that one, didn't it? it? Right, did. right, he scored. It was one of the last ones that went to replay, actually. I think they scrapped it yeah. relatively soon after that. So, yeah, right, he scored a couple of goals uh, to make it 2-0 and then we won the won, won the replay 1-0. So, no, it's great. I love Man United. Um, I... Yeah, you know, was blessed because I was a teenager during you know the the nineties. You know, with with that golden era, the Beckhams, the Skulls, uh, and the Nevilles of this world. And uh, so, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of glory. Uh, and you told, you told me a great story, which I hope you don't mind sharing with people, mate. You told me that um, you felt a bit bit torn, and you, you fancied going to going to going to watch Colchester United or, yeah, or even yeah, Ipswich because yeah. they were local to where you were living. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The old man wouldn't have it, would he? No, no, God, no, no. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't talk to me for about half an hour, thirty forty minutes. I yeah, you know, I will confess. 
because I love football, I did sneak off and go and watch Colchester United and Ipswich Town play uh, a couple of times. I've actually been to your boys. I've been to Fulham. I went to watch Ipswich Town play. Spiritual home of football, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful ground, though, Craven Cottage. Spiritual home of football, mate. Absolutely beautiful. Now, do you know, I, 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 love, I love football. I love Man United. Mm. I'm not, yeah, it just, uh, it's. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a, a tough a ride. United last seven years. theme. Yeah, who's your who's who's the best player you've ever seen? In your opinion, live best player uh, you've seen play. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Fair Sparky. Uh, do you know what? He gets a lot of rep because bad raps. He joined Man City, mm. which you can't really do. I mean, he didn't join Liverpool, which would have been far worse. But do you know what I love about Sparky is look, you know, Man United have been blessed with brilliant players. You know, your Beckham's, your Cantona's, mm. you know, Ronaldo's, and they are world class players. But people, for some reason, always forget Sparky, and he just went about his business. He was tough. He put yeah. a shift in. He scored a bag full of goals. Had a, as well. had a great career, mate. To oh, be fair. He, had, he managed Fulham for a year. He, he did. did after when when Hodgson went on, he came in and really steadied the ship. We had an aging team. He steadied the ship, and it was. Um, then Martin Yole took over, and um, you know Yol, Martin yeah. Yole did well. Anyway, I mean, don't, we're not talking about Fulham, we're talking about Man U. So Mark, Mark Hughes. So Mark Hughes. Would, would, yeah. would he be your favourite player, Man U player? Yeah, he would be actually. He would be. I've always loved. Look, I, I've I've got Man United shirts with Cantona written on yeah. and back at home uh, that I'm not allowed to wear around the house because my wife absolutely hates football. Uh, but um, yeah, I love those. I love those unsung heroes of of United that United yeah. fans. You know, door. So, you know, your you're Mark Hughes. Like Dennis Irwin, you know, people talk about the best left-backs in the Premiership. No one ever talks about Dennis Irwin. You score a free kick, Dennis Irwin, oh. as well, couldn't and, he? And he, he, he could play never had a bad side, game. Right, right or left-back, he could. couldn't he? Never yeah. had a bad game. Never had a bad game. And back in the 90s, uh, when Man United were in Europe, a lot of people, you know, forget that the reason why that golden generation come through is because when teams are in, the, in Europe, they could only have three foreign players. And it's really, really telling that, you know, in that, in that team in the 90s, we had, we had you know, the Cantonars, Kings, Kanchelskis were a good player, aren't we? Andre Kanchelskis. We had a, we had a Man United started. player, ex-Man United player on the podcast during, um, during Series series oh, 3. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, very surreal moment for me because I used to watch him play at Craven Cottage as a kid, Paul Parker. Ah, and, um, great And Paul player, Parker yeah. tells, tells an amazing story of his career because um, he was part of a Fulham team that nearly got promoted to the First Division. Yeah. And, and they didn't. They, they got, a game got abandoned back in, it was back in the 80s, a game got abandoned for fighting and pitching invasion and Fulham yeah. were quite hard done by against Derby that time. Um, sort of thing that if it happened now, like you know, they, they, it, it would have been replayed or whatever. Yeah, but, but anyway, that that was them. Then Fulham, um, Fulham didn't go up on the last day of the season. Chelsea stayed up on the last game of the season. Next season, Paul Parker played almost every game, yeah. but Fulham were a struggling team. Chelsea went up to the first division. We got relegated, and Paul Parker says that um, that summer he got he got he he left he got relegated by Fulham. With the Fulham team. Yeah. He got signed by QPR. Yeah. Right? He made it into the England squad. So he played in the 99, you know, he got into the England squad. Yeah. Like late, later on, he went to play for England and he played for Man U. Right? Yeah, and he yeah. goes like, it was the most surreal kind of passive play. So I'm there and it was the 30 year anniversary of the uh, shootout we lost to Germany when Gaza cried. Oh, God. And, yeah, and we, had, yeah, yeah. we had Paul Parker on there and uh, I that always referred great. to him, all the way through the episode, I referred to him as Fulham and Man United's Paul Parker. Yeah, yeah. I never put QPR into <laughs> it at all. I wouldn't say it, mate, because the boys from Shepherd's Bush are not that, we're not popular with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it, but it's a Fulham Mammersmith thing. It's not just a football thing. But let's talk about talk about that. So, so Man United are your football team. Yeah. Um, when you're not head of smoozing, when you're not smoozing, when you're not 
delivering what you deliver for your partners and making a difference for Artie Cad. What'd you get up to? How do you relax, mate? What's What's fun for you? Do you know what? I've uh, I, I love movies. I mentioned it earlier on. I love I love movies. Like I sca- mean, you're the first self-confessed zombie movie nerd we've oh, had on the show. You know I think Charlie. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll tell the story. I, I blame my brother. I blame my older brother Simon. Big listener, hello Simon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try right, Simon. Uh, it's his fault. So when, uh, when, um, and it's entirely his fault. I'll tell the story. I'll be quick. So take your time, mate. We're enjoying we, um, it. We, uh, so my mum uh, was working shift. She used to be a midwife, and so my older brother. The reason why we're so close is he looked after me, and she turned around to Simon and just went, "Right, Toby's at home." I was, I was tiny. I was, I was seven or eight, and he's three years older than me. And so, uh, she would go, "Look, look, you're staying at home." You're looking after Toby. So looking after your little brother. And then Simon was like, okay, yeah, yeah, no worries at all. Mum left. This is obviously pre-mobile phones. <laughs> so Simon then turned around to me and goes, uh, no, we're not staying here. We're going to a party. But you're too young to leave by yourself, so you're coming with me. So we went to this person's house, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, and so what they did was they were going to just watch films and, and you know, drink or whatever. And so I was plonked down in front of this uh, film. And I remember it's clear as day called The Video Dead. And it was, I've, since we watched it, and it's terrible, basically it was about this magical television box that at a certain hour, whatever was on the television would come out of the television and interact with the person that was watching it. So, you know, typical 80s schlocky type film. You know, a guy watches a porno and all the porn stars come out. <laughs> but then one person gets, uh, gets stoned watching it and is watching a zombie film and all these zombies come out and start eating people. That's absolute crap. And when I was that young, it scared the shit out of me. Honestly, I was like, I had nightmares for weeks. I went home, cried to my mum, dobbed my brother in. He was grounded for forever for taking me, A, taking me to a party and B, sticking me in front of this horrifically gory... You know, <laughs> film. But ever since then, I just grew up obsessed with, with zombie films. So, so you wanted more? Yeah, I wanted more. Yeah. Give it, give it. As, 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 there's probably some therapy I need to go through for that. But, um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, I grew up watching things like Dawn of the Dead and, you know, things like Shaun of the Dead is one of my favourite films. And I was going to mention that. I mean, that, that's the one that the, oh. the, 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 the non-zombie nerds would probably relate absolutely, to the much, Absolutely. So, no, I, I watched all of that stuff. So relaxing for me, had a really long day at work. Work at a tough day. I've I've turned the phone off in the hot tub with a zombie in movie the hot on. tub. Yeah, watch a film. Watch a yeah. you know pure escapism. Yeah, watch what something with zombies in or dragons in or, or or out in space. I love that's that's how I relax. That's how I relax. A film, glass of wine, or Fair bourbon. Play, Lovely. Fair play. Yeah. And and back back on the football. Interesting season for Manchester United. Um, Great season. Shouldn't be in the FA Cup final. Shouldn't have beat Fulham. Shouldn't no. have beat Brighton, to be fair. But, no, no. but you know, they scored their pen, so oh, they did look, beat Brighton. Uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. And Brighton didn't score. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah. that was one of those for playground <laughs> games of like next goal wins, but no one can score. Yeah. No, it? So they had, to, they had to kind of find the conclusion to I that. I think absolutely. everybody loves watching Brighton, but hates watching them try to finish sometimes. It can be painful. <laughs> but you saved up all your goals. Didn't you win? Brighton won like 6 0 the other day. Yeah. Well, where yeah, were those exactly. goals? Complaining. I felt, I think, but so big final. It's, yeah, it's yeah. arguably the final that the global audiences wanted. Man United v Man City. Do you, do you fancy it? Yeah. Why not? I just look. Do you know, if someone had turned around to me at the beginning of the, of, of the season, especially after we lost our first two games, and said, 
you know, there's five games left of the season. You're going to be you know, in the top four with a game in hand, so you're probably going to get Champions League football next season. You would have won the League Cup, and you're going to be in the final of the FA Cup. I would have laughed at them, mm. but I would have taken their armour for it. So, look, Man United always seem to do well when we're underdogs. No one expects us to beat City. Mm. They really, really don't. But on our day, well, you know, it's football. You know, Fulham would have beaten us in the FA Cup semi-final had you not that spectacularly imploded all of a sudden. We That was a great example of self-destruction. It, 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 was, uh, it was 40 seconds of complete madness. And, yeah, and undefendable madness, really. There's all there's Fulham fans out there get a bit conspiracy theory, it's this, oh, it's that. Yeah. Ultimately, William handballed it. Whether he meant to or not, he handballed it. It was a goal-scoring chance. He's yeah, got to go. Yeah, yeah. What happened after that? Yeah, that, that's not how to uh, conduct yourself professionally. No. And it's the impact of it. We, we, I mean, I was in Budapest. Uh, did I mention I've been in Budapest? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, once absolutely or twice. beautiful place. Pope. Yeah, heavenly, Pope. heavenly Papa. He- heavenly Papa. Yeah, Heavenly Papa. But I love that. Honestly, like as much as as much as you, you know, you say that to feel the emotion and the the power of, of people's mm. faith, you know, just, just being being lucky enough to be with them and seeing what that meant. Um, it did make the trip really special to, uh, to feel yeah. that. To I, 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 I love that stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not religious at all. Um, uh, but while I was out in Morocco, I said earlier on, I was out in Morocco with my wife at the end of Eid and we witnessed the call to prayer. Yeah. And the power, the energy that, that gives off, it's it's... Mm. And that, and it was, and and for us, we we would have just been happy to see the basilica, just to see it. It was yeah, beautiful, yeah. but uh, to to experience that and see what it meant, people travelling for thousands of miles to to be there. Um, yeah, that did make that did make the trip trip very very special. But, Absolutely. But when we but, but let's let's talk finally, um, and it is really really important for us because the whole series right is about inspiring our stars in the future. Yeah. Um, we've spoken about. The man. We've spoken about the beard. We've spoken about the head of smooths. Mm. All right, but actually, <laughs> I'm going to get that there, my business cards. I'm, I'm going to do it for you. Yeah, do there, it. But there, there's a job to be done, and I worry about this this the industry mm. because I worry about how we're going to compete with people that want to work in music. I'm pointing at Charlie. People want yeah. to work in. They want to work in audiovisual. They want to work in you know fashion or just different sectors. We've got to celebrate more about the industry, and I yeah. think. You're touching so many areas of it. You're touching the retailers. So what, let's talk about if if someone out there is listening and they wanted to open a new kitchen and bedroom, but KBB showroom, I want to yeah. open a showroom right now. Um, so they want to do it in Bedford, so, so your manner. They want to do it where you are now in Bedford. What advice would you give to them, you know, if they were starting up on that journey and it's what they wanted to do? Just take it all in. Take it in. Go and speak to these people. Do you know, I, I think as as an industry, we're so, so lucky to be surrounded by so many talented people across a broad spectrum of different areas in, in, in this industry. So, you know, you can ring up designers, world-class designers. You can ring up, you know, Tony and Haley at Day True. You can ring up Diane Berry. You can ring up Colin Wong, Darren Morgan, Darren Taylor. Simons. I, I could talk... I could list off hundreds of stunning, spectacular it's a designers. Lot, a lot of guests from the show. On I know. That, on let's, that let's, get mate, you know? let's get them all in. Let's get them all in. Oh, and that'd be a lineup. We've got them all together. Exactly. Your days, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you can speak to these people. You can talk to them. Ask them about inspiration. What inspires them? What do they do to to, to increase their margins? Do they ask for a deposit when they give designs out? Go and speak to these people. There's a wealth of talent in this industry, and not just in designers as well. Go and speak to the publishers. Mm. Go and speak to you know Clara. You know, over at designers, 
Andrew Davis at KBB, Darren Somerville over at KBB Focus. You know, speak to them. They are there's so much passion, so much talent in Acro- this industry. Across, across those Ring. individuals, though, they're ingrained in they're ingrained into the success of the industry, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I and I and I know many many of them, um, mm. and I've been lucky enough to spend time with some of them, some virtual, some in the studio here, others yeah. in different events and, and or in the showrooms. Um, the one thing I take away from everything is that you know I can learn something. Absolutely, uh, and I think that's. That's where where we try and work as a business is that if we are working as a partner, we've got to learn what you're about. We've got to learn what your DNA is about, your thought processes, what you believe in. Absolutely. And I, and I think that the, the showrooms that are really rocking it at the moment for me are the ones that have their identity. Mm. They've got something special about them, the way they handle themselves, the way they come across. It could be their focus on design. It could be the, the way they brand themselves and market themselves. Mm. Um, I don't think there's any particular pathway that works, but every pathway that people follow needs to needs to lead somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So, so talking about people coming into the industry, uh, the, the next generation of designers, the next generation of showroom managers, um, next generation of reps for suppliers and manufacturers. Yeah, absolutely. What, would, what advice would you give to them? Breathe it in. Like I said, go out, go out, see these showrooms, speak to other reps in the area. You know, I think the KBB industry has got some of the best sales reps around. I really, really do. I genuinely do. You know, you've had some of them on this show, you know, Jason Key over Color. What a great salesperson. Carly Bowman over at Claygate, absolutely phenomenal. Our own Neil Metcalf, yeah, Heather Parrish, phenomenal salespeople. Engage with them. Mm. This industry is about relationships at the end of the day, and it's always going to be about relationships because, yes, we've got to embrace technology. We've got to embrace software, and I'm lucky that I work for a company that I can do that with and, and, and push that out. But ultimately, if people are going to be buying key rooms for their house, kitchen bedrooms, bathrooms, and office spaces, whatever, Go and you need to have the relationship with these people because they will have the relationship with the end user. Go out and speak to these people. Get advice. Meet them for coffee. Take them out for a drink. God, this industry, we love a drink. Take them, go and meet them in a bar. Yeah, pick their brains, whether they're a sales rep or they're a publicity PR company. And there's some phenomenal ones of them in the industry. Yourself, Peter, you know, industry legend yourself. Yeah, speak to these people. Ring them up. Breathe it in. Go and open the doors. Play with the appliances. Look I, at the worktops. I've found, I've found recently that by giving some quality time to people, mm. uh, which which isn't about putting pounds, shillings, and pence in the bank, actually no. giving but in the bank, but actually giving quality time to to listen, to to understand, to Absolutely. to share advice, to share insight. That for me. The intimacy of that, the openness of that, the transparency of that, because we, we mentioned it earlier, you know, I'm, I'm straight down the middle. You're, you'll get complete honesty from me, and you might not always get, I might always tell you what you want to, what you want exactly. to hear, yeah. but, but I'll give you reasons behind it. It's transforming how I think about everything. It's transforming how I set up our working week, how I set up our working days, because you're, you're seeing different ways you can stand doing the same, offering the same service, but offering it in a very different way. Yeah, and absolutely. that's what we're about as a recruitment team. That's what this podcast is about, mm. you know, and that's what getting guests here. And again, you know, for someone like yourself, you've come down from Bedford and you was piking beforehand over the earlier part of the bank holiday weekend. You've come down for Bedford. You, you brought the missus with you. You've turned the whole 
visiting an experience. Yeah, yeah. Question for you. Did you take a dip in the sea? I didn't, know. Okay, all right. So Thank we've only got, no. we've only got two, <laughs> guests, two guests this season that have actually dipped into the sea. No, no, uh, I know. Nick, Nick Boyle and, and Lee, they, they dipped into the sea in, uh, before, the, before they recorded their episode. Toby, mate, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I have to, again, just mention a couple of people. Thank you to Charlie, our producer, because without him, this does not get put together so well. The, Charlie doing an absolutely brilliant job. Can't believe we're 10 episodes in, mate. It's absolutely mental. It's flying by, mate. It's flying by. <laughs> it's, it's, it's flying by. We've got more to come. We're recording again later this week. Thanks once again for our, to our series sponsor, Marcel from MHK Holding, Holding UK. Um, the Ajax way. You know, he's all about playing the Ajax way. He's a lifelong Ajax fan. And I think from from, from my point, my, my side talking to you, Toby, it's been great to, to meet you. It's been great to get you on as a guest. And actually hearing your take on the individuals the pressure, what the set is all about, mm. it will inspire our stars in the future. Oh, I hope so. Have you had fun, mate? I've had a great time. Have it's you? been absolutely Anyone you brilliant. want to say hello to before we go? Uh, yeah, my wife, my kids, uh, you know, everyone at Articad. Definitely, uh, definitely family. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely everyone at Articad. It's been a brilliant episode 10. Um, it all began with a man in a beard in a hot tub. That's when that's when we first started having some banter on LinkedIn <laughs> during, during lockdown. <laughs> and I just I, and I'm sorry for that as well. about that guy who's doing that we're going to see what you're about you stand out in today's industry you've got a lot of quality thanks for being part of the show without our listeners we don't have a podcast so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time thank you very much cheers Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as I said, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out next week's episode as we will keep inspiring our stars of the future.